The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a and b with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Mercedes Dunn Gallier and Jeremy Gallier about their wedding at the Tree of Life in Animal Kingdom with a pre reception in Harambe and a reception at the Asbury A and B room at the Yacht Club. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how they chose all of these locations and how they planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Mercedes and Jeremy. Hi, Carrie. Hello. How's it going? Great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. It kind of started with the fairy tale wedding show on Disney+. Plus. Originally, Mercedes kind of threw out the idea about getting married at Disney, but I didn't want to at first because I thought it would be cliche to like do it in front of the castle because that's not really me. Even though like that would be like a big spectacle and everything, it just didn't make sense for me. But then she showed me the show and showed me like one of the ones from Pandora and then another from Tree of Life. And once we started looking at that, I was like, oh, this could be really cool because we're both big Disney people. So like that wasn't as much of a barrier. So yeah, once I actually like was able to see it in a different way, then it made sense. That's awesome. So now how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? Everyone was super excited, but they they knew before we even got engaged that we were likely going to get married at Disney. We told people that we were going to get married at Disney way before we got engaged. So when actually like the engagement happened and it was time for us to like send out, save the dates and they saw Walt Disney World on there, they were incredibly excited. So, yeah, everyone was super excited when they found out the details. They were still excited, but a little skeptical. (laughs) Interesting. Okay, so how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? So we initially invited around 50 guests and we ended up with a total of 40 for the ceremony and reception and all that, including us. 
we had a few more for the dessert party just because we invited some kids and some partners that were maybe watching those kids during the early morning ceremony. Oh, that's great. That's a great idea. Yeah. Did you guys set up a room block for your guests? Yeah, we did. So we picked Art of Animation and Pop Century as our two value resorts because both of those are on the Skyliner and we wanted to make it as easy as possible for our guests to get to the dessert party that night. Then we picked Coronado for our moderate resort. That's where most of Jeremy's friends and one of my friends end up staying, but most of our family all stayed at Pop and Art of Animation. Okay, great. Now, how did you guys choose the day of the week and time of day for your event? Was it mostly because of the ceremony location that everything kind of revolved around that? So actually, we chose that day because that's our original dating anniversary. And I never understood like why people want to choose a different day. And so I just proposed to Mercedes that like, why don't we make it our actual dating anniversary? Because that's in my opinion, more important or extremely important because we've already been together prior to the wedding. We, we were together over 13 years. So it was an extremely significant date. And I didn't want to lose that by getting married on a completely different day. Yeah. And the other part of why that day was significant to us, one is, you know, kind of the original start of our love story, but it was also my late mom's birthday is August 29th. So it kind of had that double meaning for us. Our last vacation with my mom was actually to Disney World. It was her first time going. So we had like that great memory as well and felt like it would be a good way, you know, to kind of honor her too and have her a part of the day, even though she isn't physically here with us. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Now, how did you guys choose your ceremony and reception venues? Tree of Life was just absolutely gorgeous. Again, as Jeremy mentioned, I was able to convince him once he kind of saw those Animal Kingdom weddings. And it just kind of felt like something that we could make ours. We really wanted to incorporate like a lot of different aspects of, you know, the African diaspora into our wedding so that we felt like the Tree of Life would allow us to have kind of that smooth transition from like that place in Animal Kingdom over to the Africa section of Animal Kingdom where we had our pre-reception. In terms of the reception venue, we chose Yacht and Beach just because it was closer <laughs> than some other convention centers to Animal Kingdom. So we wanted to, you know, get to a convention center for the reception piece as quickly as possible and not be in transit such a long time. One thing I wanted to add about the Yacht Club ballrooms, they had the least bit of embellishment as far as like mm-hmm. how the room was. So it gave us the most blank slate so we could create, the, we could still bring through like the African diaspora we had in the ceremony and in the pre-reception. We could still bring that into the ballroom and like the architecture of the room and even like the carpeting wouldn't clash with that uh, concept. That's a really good point because, yeah, a lot of people don't like the Grand Floridian because there's so much pink and it's very flowery. And, yeah, the new, well, newish in the last few years, Yacht and Beach Club decor is much more streamlined, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For us, it was the paintings on the Grand Floridian ballrooms that really were like, okay, we would have to, like, pay to drape these as opposed to, like you said, the the new Yacht Club ballrooms is a lot more streamlined, a lot more neutral compared to all the ballrooms on Disney property for us. 
Got it. Okay. And then your pre-reception was supposed to be at Tamu Tamu and it was moved to Harambe? Yes. So that was our original pre-reception venue. When we first met with our Disney event manager, like four months out, she let us know like, hey, there are mumblings that there might be construction this summer at Tamu Tamu. So I've reserved Harambe as a backup just in case that construction does happen. We learned about a month and a half out that we were going to be moved to Harambe. We were kind of just like a little bit bummed about it just because we felt like Tamu Tamar were so romantic, but still, you know, gave the vibes that we were going for. But Harambe is also very unique and was still, you know, still made sense with the sort of aesthetic and vibes that we were going for in the wedding. So we got over that pretty fast. Disney also comped us just a little bit, you know, to kind of make up for that last minute change too. Oh, that's wonderful. And then another question I see people ask a lot is how do they decide between doing a morning ceremony at Tree of Life versus an after hours ceremony at Tree of Life? Because they're both kind of inconvenient times of day. How did you guys choose? Yeah, so uh, probably there are probably like two main reasons why for me, I had to make the case to Jeremy for the morning event versus the night ceremony. So the first one is that, as Jeremy stated, our wedding day was our 14th anniversary. We waited so long for this day already. We didn't want to push it until the very end of the day. We liked the fact that we would be starting our days as married, and that just kind of appealed to us. And then the other thing is that for Jeremy, he really liked the daytime photos that we had seen people have at the Tree of Life. I really liked the nighttime photos that, or the dark photos that I saw people with the tree lit up. We knew that if we had the morning one, we would have the chance essentially to have both. So, you know, the sun rises in August around seven o'clock. We knew that, that we were going to end up with likely a 6 a.m. ceremony time, but we could kind of squeeze enough time in within that hour, hour and a half that we're in Animal Kingdom to still get some of those daytime photos in the park that Jeremy also wanted. Ah, that's great. Okay. And then you guys were originally going to have your dessert party that night at the Upper French Terrace and then got moved to American Adventure Rotunda for your weather backup. Can you talk a little bit about how you got such a great backup location? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we ended up with that backup location because our planner for Disney is awesome and didn't shy away from talking about like, hey, I know that people don't want to talk about this, but weather is always a factor in Florida. So can we think about a potential backup for your venues? And so one of the suggestions was American Adventure Rotonda. The other one was the Living Seas, I believe. And we decided to go with the American Adventure Rotonda as our potential weather backup because it was the closest to the France Pavilion in the hopes that if there's weather, we would still be able to come back out for those fireworks photos. And did that happen? It did. (laughs) It did. (laughs) We had a hurricane, of course, that, you know, decided to move into the weather system. Fortunately, we didn't have to deal with that in the morning. The morning was beautiful, but the weather definitely took a turn in the late afternoon. And so our event manager gave us a call around 4.30 and was like, hey, guys, it looks like we're going to have to go with our weather backup for the fireworks party. 
And also, we're going to have to move up the meeting time 30 minutes early, which is something that we didn't necessarily expect for, you know, the shift in time. So, yeah, that's what happened. Hurricane came through. We were lucky in the morning. But that night we did have to move inside for the dessert mm-hmm. portion. And then we're able to go outside for fireworks, thankfully, once it was time. Oh, that's great. Did you guys use any outside vendors for the portions of your event that you were able to? Yes. Everywhere we were able to, we did. Our amazing photo and video team were captured by L. L is incredible, and so is Bishop. We also had a second shooter with them as well. And we are so excited to see the professional photos and videos. The teasers alone have, have given us so much. For personal floral and reception floral, we use raining roses. And my bouquet was massive, and it was the most beautiful piece of floral arrangement I've ever seen. It was so vibrant. We had a lot of like vibrant colors in our wedding, and the the florals were just incredible. For our officiant, we had Rev Roxy, and hands down, gave us the most incredible personalized ceremony. I couldn't even imagine how great it would be, but she completely exceeded those expectations, and my family has unofficially adopted her. <laughs> <laughs> For rentals, we had Ocean Hawks, and it was such a pleasure working with them. They're super professional. Annie was amazing and always in touch. And they got us like all those little tiny elements that we needed to really bring our vision. And then for uplighting, we had Elegant Entertainment Orlando. They had excellent pricing. They were super professional and efficient and like on top of it the entire time. They were the best to work with. And then for chairs for our guest seating in the reception, we had a chair affair. And then for day of coordination and seeming, we had, of course, the incredible Catherine Martell. That's awesome. I would love to have you guys share a little bit about how you incorporated that African diaspora element into your theme for the ceremony and the reception. So first, we're going to talk about the ceremony. So we incorporated a lot of different African diasporic rituals into our ceremony. And Rev Roxy was excellent for this. She had experience doing most of these. So the first one was the tasting of the four elements. And it's a Yoruba tradition of the tribe in Nigeria. And so basically, it kind of is symbolic ceremony where you taste different foods that have the characteristics of stages that you might experience in your marriage. So there's spicy, sweet, bitter, and sour, which I'm sure will give us some amazing photos um, because we made some really silly faces while we were tasting these different elements super early in the morning. Another way that we incorporate it is the pouring of libations. And we use water because that's something that's commonly used, but also we're in a Disney park, so we're going to use the the thing that's most organic. That's just a way of kind of honoring the African diaspora traditions of families and ancestors and inviting them into, you know, having an influence and blessing our marriage and our union. And then the other thing that we did is jumping the broom, which is an African-American tradition. Our broom also had some African-inspired fabric on it to kind of bring it in even further there. Also, for our guests, we had these different fans 
that had different, very brightly colored African fabrics on them. And so they're in one part like functional because it's very hot in Florida in August, even at, you know, six and seven a.m. But they also gave like that pop of color and texture and print that we also really love, just that we see throughout a lot of African sort of fashion and and clothing too. And then for the reception for our cake design, we had Disney's pastry team do like the bottom tier of our cake in like this woven kind of African inspired pattern with a little hidden Mickey in it as well, of course, to give a little nod to Mickey. We incorporated like a lot of like Afro beats, like we love Afro beats into our day. Again, we brought in like those vibrant colors and fabrics where, you know, in different places in our reception as well. One thing that was coming up is the type of chairs that we had, like just for me and Mercedes. Well, they were just like these really big wicker chairs. And it was also just bringing in that wood aspect, like that brown color, the you know feeling of nature as well that goes along with Animal Kingdom. I mean, like we had at the Tree of Life as well. So that's another piece that we brought in. Did you have any kind of entertainment at the ceremony or the reception? So we had Rob Carr, the violinist. We didn't get to experience it, but our guests got to experience all his um, magic. I think they uh, got him to play um, the future song Mask Off, which they were they were amazed by. So I know they really enjoyed that. And that was something that we wanted to do for them um, just because we were playing our own music during the ceremony. Um, so we wanted to kind of throw that in since we were getting it as part of the ceremony anyways. Um, yeah, that was the only thing we had uh, for the ceremony portion. Yeah, and then at the reception, we had a DJ. We had DJ Jesse, who was amazing, and he completely like got our vibe. <laughs> We're from the deep south. We're young millennials, and we like we love like I mentioned Afro beats and hip hop and R and B. And Jesse completely knocked it out of the park. Like our guests are still like raving about our DJ. I think he handed out a few cards that day too, because our guests were like, okay, we need to like have something with him. So he was incredible. I hadn't seen many recommend any recommendations at all from him. Jeremy kind of did a great job picking, <laughs> picking him though. That's awesome. Do you guys have any menu items or cake flavors from the reception that you would recommend? Absolutely. <laughs> so our cake was three tiers and we had three different flavors. So the bottom tier was churro cake. And then we had an alternating churro and cream cheese filling. It was so delicious. The second tier was the dough whip like inspired cake. So the orange cake with the pineapple syrup and then the tropical mousse. It was just okay to me. Jeremy loved it. But it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be with the pineapple, like soaked with the pineapple syrup. The tropical mousse was really, really good, though. And then the sleeper was our smallest here. And it was Jeremy's pick from the tasting kit, which was a lemonade cake with the guava cream cheese. It was so good. Mm -hmm. And it was our smallest here. And our guests were looking for more of that cake like they a lot of them thought it was strawberry at first. So they picked it up thinking it was strawberry. And they were like, oh, this isn't strawberry. It's something else. And they loved it. My niece ate like two or three slices. <laughs> and then we had like a very breakfast heavy menu for the um, reception. 
we had like the fried chicken thighs with Mickey waffles. The fried chicken was so, so good. We also had a pecan butter with that. And then we had the bananas foster syrup with the waffles. One thing that kind of blew my mind when we were actually setting up the menu uh, with one of the Disney chefs, I talked about how I enjoyed uh, Jamaican oxtails. I'm part Jamaican. And um, I couldn't figure out how to incorporate um, oxtail into your breakfast menu. And he proposed shredded oxtail for the omelets. That was a very unique item that we had with the omelet station. And I, I definitely enjoyed having that. And then for the dessert party, we had donuts flambe. Mm -hmm. It was so good. And it was the hit of the dessert party. We had it for the first time at our tasting event when we went down a few months before the wedding. And we were initially like wanting the churros flambe, but after having the donuts flambe, we were like, okay, yeah, we have to get that. Like, it was so good. I thought about it for months and I was so ready <laughs> on the day of our wedding to have donuts flambe. We also had this cheeseburger spring rolls, which were another hit. And another like unexpected hit was the Thai chicken slider, which again is something that the chef came up with us for just because we love international cuisine. Even like our pickiest eaters love mm -hmm. the Thai chicken slider. This all sounds great. And I have to say that now I've got to go back to Disney so I can try churro cake with a layer of cream cheese frosting with the churro filling because that's genius. It sounds amazing. <laughs> I think I heard it on the podcast and I was like, ooh, that sounds so good. <laughs> and it was. It was amazing. <laughs> can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? For sure. I'm going to preempt this with this is how it's supposed to run. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had a hiccup, which I'll talk about later. But our ceremony was set for 6 a.m. Our first makeup slot was 11 p.m. The makeup artist arrived about 10.15. And so we were all up in the bridal suite getting ready uh, with makeup and everything. Around 3 a.m., L and the video team arrived, all of our makeup was done, and we started to get ready and do detail shots and getting ready shots with L. She eventually moved over to the guys uh, just a little bit after that. The first pickup for the wedding parties was around 4.35, which was a little earlier than we anticipated, but that's when the guys were ready. So they got in the van to head over to um, Animal Kingdom around 4.35. While they were heading over, Jeremy and I were doing our first look at Animal Kingdom Lodge. And this is kind of where the timeline started to unravel because Disney security had held the guys up at security for over an hour <gasps> and the van did not come back to pick us up at our original pickup time of 5.05. So, yes. We eventually got over to Animal Kingdom. I'm actually not sure what time it was that we got to Animal Kingdom because my bridal party refused to give me my phone <laughs> so that I can stay relaxed. But essentially, as soon as we got there, we were staged um, in a gift shop so that we could get ready to line up for the ceremony. Ceremony started... I'm not entirely sure what time it started, but I'm very sure it was probably around 6.30, 6.45. The ceremony lasted about 30 minutes. And then after we only had 10 minutes to take photos at the Tree of Life, 
because there was an hour delay due to Animal Kingdom security. Hmm. So after that, we headed over to Harambe for the pre-reception. During the pre-reception, Jeremy and I took photos around the Harambe area. We got special permission to take a photo over in, in front of the Lion King Theater, which we are were so excited about. And then we told our guests, hi, guess what? We have a surprise. We're going on Kilimanjaro safaris. So we went on Kilimanjaro safaris around 8.30. After Kilimanjaro safaris, Disney had the bus pick us up at the backstage of Africa. Everyone loaded the bus. We headed over to Yacht Club for the reception. The reception lasted from about 10 a.m. to around 2. After that, we dropped everybody off at their respective resorts. Most people went to sleep. <laughs> Jeremy and I did not. And then that night, we met the rest of our guests in front of Epcot to head over for the dessert party and the American Adventure Rotunda. We ate in the American Adventure Rotunda, and then we were escorted over for fireworks and fireworks photos at Terrace de Flor. And then that was the end of our night. Well, kind of. We hung out for a little bit, but the end of our official night. <laughs> That's awesome. So then when you guys were planning, what were some of the most important aspects of the event where you focused your attention or your budget? The two biggest things for me were the overall vibe, feeling like we were definitely like showing the the African diaspora and everything, encompassing that, but also the food. Big parts of food for me, because we're both foodies in general, but especially the cake. So it was extremely important um, to make sure that that was a a big thing. For me, my top thing was guest experience. So I wanted people to get a, you know, get like a feel of why we love Disney, why we want to keep going there. Um, And so part of that was the food, even though we had to, you know, be kind of tame because we had some picky eaters in the group. But the other part of them just kind of like feeling as cliche as it sounds, like this is a super magical place. And I really felt like having our ceremony in the park with just our guests there and the tree of life, like in its best outfit (laughs) um, with the lights kind of gave that. um, And that's exactly how a lot of our guests described our wedding day. They were like, this is an incredibly magical experience. And then the other part of it is, of course, you can't really in my opinion, do Animal Kingdom without doing Kilimanjaro safaris. So it was super important that we were able to kind of work that out and incorporate that because that for me is a huge part of the guest experience. That's awesome. Were there any aspects that were less important where you saved your money or just your effort? Absolutely not. I stress about everything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) the, The one thing that I can say is that Probably at the bottom of my list was ceremony decor. I feel like the tree of life is so beautiful on its own, especially when it's all lit up like we had it, that it doesn't really need a lot of additional, you know, elaborations or decor. So we really kept ceremony decor at a minimum. And we were like, listen, we want our budget to be in this amount and we don't necessarily even need florals there we use mostly like pillar candles and some lanterns and then we left the rest of our decor budget for the reception so that things felt cohesive 
that we were drawing in sort of those elements of Animal Kingdom. So it didn't feel disjointed when we moved from Animal Kingdom to a ballroom. I was originally wanting a lot of floral um, in the ceremony. And it was it was a hard road to get me to get away from that. But when I saw everything, like once once I was walking down the aisle, it did not need it whatsoever. The lanterns and the candles were perfect. Like the lighting on the tree, like that's what you're going to focus on more than anything. That's the focal point. So I definitely uh, agree that you don't need a whole lot when you're in a venue like that. Yeah. And we did switch out. We did upgrade the seating, though. So instead of the benches, which I wanted so much, I, we just couldn't justify the cost. And we went with an option that we hadn't seen a lot, which was mahogany chairs. So instead of the white ones, we decided to go with mahogany. They still were organic looking. Uh, they felt like they fit in the space. And I didn't miss the benches at all with the mahogany chairs. Oh, that's a great tip. So then what ended up being each of your favorite memories of your wedding day? So for me, it was it was definitely the first look with Jeremy. So as I mentioned, I tend to be a bit of a worry wart. Um, but I feel like once I saw Jeremy and I could just stand there with him in the moment for a second, I was like, everything's going to be OK. I just like felt I, I don't know. It's hard to describe what I felt, but I just felt like I'm just can't believe this day is here, but I'm incredibly happy and just like so much joy and love and happiness in that moment. And something I want to add is that even though Elle and Bishop were there and our second photographer were there documenting all of it, they just kind of let us be in the moment. And so I'm so grateful for that too. For me, I mean, it might sound cliche, but I would kind of say like the whole day, um, especially like the ceremony through the reception um, where they were like, you know, there wasn't a big break or anything because I was able to just fully be in the moment. And it was just full of joy, love. Um, you know, I cried a little bit, but I was, I was like able to just fully be there. So like, I think just that overall feeling is my favorite thing. I mean, if I had to like pick something in particular, it would probably be me walking up the aisle like and seeing like just everybody there seeing the tree like seeing all of it like actually come to life and then also seeing mercedes come down the aisle like let's both be up there and like me just focusing on her at the end of the day it's just like kind of being in the moment and being able to just focus on our love and just like the celebration of it all since you got more than one thing can i add something <laughs> yes <laughs> okay the other moment is all of our friends and family finding out that they were going to go on Kilimanjaro safaris because we worked so hard to keep that secret for the past year and a half plus that, <laughs> you know, like they were not expecting it at all. And so when they found out, they were just like so excited and they they keep talking about it. And the animals put on a great show that early in the morning. So in case anyone is thinking about doing an event or doing a ceremony at Tree of Life or anywhere else um, in Animal Kingdom, the morning safari will be super exciting. It seems like the animals are just kind of like awake and alert. So I definitely recommend that. That's awesome. Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? I know you mentioned the weather and then the holdup at security. 
Yeah. So let's go minor to major. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the minor thing is that we loved our cake, but our display for our cake was not as I instructed it. And as like the details and slides and narrative that I gave, it wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. It looks like in retrospect, it was something that I thought about the day of. I just kind of saw it and was like, still like had like my dopamine levels were high. So I was still, you know, like happy, fuzzy in the moment and didn't want to like, you know, shake the tree by being like, hey, this isn't what I told you to do. So that was a minor thing. The hurricane was something that went wrong, I guess, for the evening. For the morning, it was a beautiful morning. But for the evening is kind of where we have the issue of, you know, having to go inside, but we're lucky enough to come out for our photos. The shift in time isn't something that I anticipated and made me incredibly nervous because my makeup artist was already set to come back for my touch up at a certain time and we couldn't move that. And then communicating to our guests like, hey, you have to be at this place 30 to 45 minutes ahead of when we told you to be. Some people just, you know, didn't make it to our dessert party because they were taking a nap after having been up so early. And so they didn't get, you know, the communication from us because they were still sleeping. And on top of that, because of the weather, the Skyliner was down. And so our strategy to have folks being able to, or the majority of the people being able to just get their quick fast to the International Gateway through those Skyliner resorts was null and void. And then we had to figure out, okay, we we have to like tell people to just take the bus to the front, communicate with our guides to meet everyone at the front now. And so that just caused like a lot of a lot of a logistical headache when it came to the shift in the dessert party due to the weather. And then the major thing that I mentioned earlier, of course, the timeline issues with Animal Kingdom security with the wedding party arrivals. Because of that, we were pushed back a whole hour and those dark photos with the tree of life lit up in the background, we didn't get any of those posed. So of course we'll have kind of those, you know, shots during the ceremony, but those posed photos, we we don't have from our wedding day and we didn't get any family portraits at the Tree of Life because we were rushed out at the end because we were so behind on time. Okay. Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? So also the hurricane. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it held out for the morning. And I was so grateful for that. We were a little stressed the days leading up because it was set to hit the day of our wedding. But then it did a little turn north and, you know, the morning was so beautiful. I was so grateful. And then the other thing was, I thought that waking up so early would be a big deal. I just didn't go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I just didn't go to sleep. It wasn't on purpose. I fully intended on taking a little nap, but it wasn't that big of a deal. I don't know how I powered through the entire day not having slept, but I somehow did. Yeah, I, I want to piggyback on both of those. Um, with the hurricane piece, everybody kept telling me, oh, it's going to be a hurricane. It's going to be a hurricane. I was like, look, 
I'm not thinking about it. When the day comes, and if that's the situation, then we've had to deal with that backup. And uh, other than that, I'm just gonna keep moving like like everything will be fine. And it was, but I still was a little anxious about it. Now, the bigger part for me was the being up so early and wondering how am I gonna manage throughout the day. I think I got about two and a half hours of sleep, and I didn't start getting sleepy until Kilimanjaro Safari. Passed out a little bit, but that's also because I start to fall asleep in cars even when I'm fully awake. Um, <laughs> got a little bit of a nap in between the reception and the dessert party, but we actually ended up staying up till like 3 a.m. after like hanging out with family, like after everything was over too. So essentially, like I stayed up a full 24 hours, stayed, stayed up like 48. So I think we did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> you lived to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah, we don't recommend though. No. <laughs> Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I definitely would have taken into consideration that weather could not only move the location, but also move the time of mm. something like a fireworks party. I would have just, in retrospect, had my makeup artist set to come earlier anyway. Um, but I just didn't even know that was a possibility. It wasn't on my radar. But if I would have known that then, just to be on the safe side, because it's Florida, of course, and we got married during hurricane season, that I would have just, you know, had her come 30 minutes earlier than I originally did. But in terms of anything else we would have done differently, what do you think? I can't really think of anything. Yeah, I feel like we asked all the questions. We listened to all the podcasts. We, you know, so we felt like we were going in with the best possible knowledge possible. That's wonderful. Do you guys have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? Yes. So my biggest piece of advice, other than reading Carrie's book and listening to all the podcasts, every single one, <laughs> would be to be firm. Um, but also be flexible. And I say that especially for folks who are planning like in-park events, especially because things can kind of shift on you and you, you know, it could be at the very last minute and you would have, you know, there's not much you can do about it, but you just need to be firm and, and communicate what it is that you want uh, what is that you need? And also ask, is there some other way to get this thing? So, for example, with getting the Kilimanjaro safaris, we had some questions so far in the Disbrise Facebook group about how we worked that out. And that was because initially our consultant was like, mm, I don't really know how we could get that to work with the ceremony ending at 6.30 and the park doesn't open till 8.30 early entry or nine around that time of year. And I was like, well, what if we have a pre-reception in the park and then we'll be in the park when it opens and then we can get on the first ride of the day. And they're like, okay, Animal Kingdom might be willing to do that. Let me see. And so even though we were planning on nixing a pre-reception for budget reasons, initially we starting out, we really wanted that Kilimanjaro Safari mix in. And so we were willing to have the pre-reception in the park so that we could get that. 
And then the other thing was, I guess this is kind of what what went wrong. The day before our ceremony, so while we were at our rehearsal dinner, our planner called us and said that Animal Kingdom had decided that our mix-in was no longer going to be at 8 a.m. as originally scheduled. They're saying the earliest we could do is 9 a.m. So that meant that our guests were going to be outside an additional hour in the Florida heat. And I was just like, you know what? We're just going to go for it. We want this. We want this mix in. It's a non-negotiable for us. Just leave the food and the beverages out for our guests during that time. Thankfully, our planner really pushed and was able to get us on the 830 safaris mix in. Interesting. Okay. Ask for whatever you want. Um, Like, don't kind of like expect them to like expect Disney to like roll out like these are your different options like if you have any ideas like just you know get them out there and like say said like be firm in what you're trying to create and you know if they say no to it in one way you know try to figure out another way you might be able to um to work it in even if you like kind of change the the um medium that is worked in like you still try to figure out how to um you know work it into your into your wedding got it okay Well, Mercedes and Jeremy, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in getting married at Walt Disney World, and I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much for having us, Carrie. It's a pleasure. Thank you. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>